Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Hello, hello, Sacred Icon Halo listeners. Uh, I'm here today with a a special guest, a a little Halo YouTuber you may know by the name of Late Night Halo or Late Night Gaming, uh, depending on if you're looking at his tag or his YouTube. Um, How's it going, man? It's going uh, pretty good. I'm very humbled that you asked me to do this thing. I've been a pretty big fan of the Twitter account that you guys just kind of started. You really? guys That's... crept up on the Halo community. Just suddenly Sacred Secret Icon was this thing. <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. I mean, it means a lot, too, coming from somebody else who's who's a, a big name in the Halo community. And, yeah, dude, we just started like 35, 40 days ago from scratch, and it's just kind of taken off. And um, I've seen a lot of your, your comments on our particular uh, questions, and I've also seen them other places. And it's obvious you know what you're talking about, and I really like the things you have to say. And uh, I, I wouldn't I just say kind of know what to... I'm talking about because that implies that everything I say is object. I'd say I'm confident in what I feel because obviously everyone okay. has different yeah, a... views on what Halo is. A hundred percent. That yeah, that's a, that's a fair way to put it. And I think the important thing is just as we've talked about here on the podcast before, just being respectful of the people's opinions. I mean, I'll I can accept pretty much any opinion. As long as someone's respectful of mine, I think most people can relate to that. Even the the one opinion that I cannot accept, though, under any circumstances, is, oh when, peop, is when people say Killzone is maybe, hey, that was kind of cooler than Halo. I'm like, no, stop. You're yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I have a hard time <laughs> with that one. And the thing I have a really hard time about with Killzone is that Killzone 1, I don't even think is really good at all. Personally, just personal opinion. And then I played Killzone 2 and 3, and I've seen the review scores for those games. They're really, really good, really high review scores. But I just don't really enjoy it, and it doesn't offer for me anything near what Halo does. Yeah, Kill Killzone is aggressive, angry, miserable, and Killzone 2 in particular I think is one of the worst shooters I've ever played. Mm. The, the focus on visuals over actual game design means that depending on what level you're playing in Killzone 2, the input delay on your controller will be greater than other levels. There's a lot of people who say that the sluggishness, the lack of response, they did that intentionally. No, that's input delay because of how badly they thought out their game's visual style. (laughs) That's why it's not there in Killzone 3, because they toned down a lot of things. Right, I mean, Gorilla's always had, like, visuals 
and engine and spades, but when it comes to the actual, they, they've got talented artists. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity about which the is crazy because I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've played Horizon Zero Dawn, but that I blew have. my mind. Amazing game. I remember telling everyone when that game was announced, I was like, well, if it's from the people that made Killzone, personally, I don't think there's much for me to be excited yeah. about. And then I played Horizon, and I totally had to eat my words on that. Um, Horizon is a game I think I appreciate more than I like, mostly because I remember what Guerrilla used to be, where it's like those guys could barely create a functional first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. How are they going to make a third-person open-world game? And what I can compliment in Horizon is just stuff that they have lifted from other third-person open-world games, like climbing radio towers, clearing out bandit camps with alarms, like, got it, got it, got it. I've seen all this in other games. Yeah, I think it's... And that's that's, that's one of the things I like about the way you uh, convey your opinions on stuff, because I've kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, a lot of Horizon stuff's been done before, and not to mention, when I played it, I know this is heresy to a lot of gamers, I skipped a lot of the side content, because I just wanted to get that, that main narrative done. And a lot of it is kind of... Superfilious or, or things we've seen before, but just from Gorilla, and that mixed with the fact that it was kind of an original story, it was just really good, you know. I like I liked the uh, the cauldrons that you go into, and it looks like forerunnery stuff from Halo. I'm like, hey, this kind of reminds me of yeah. Halo. Yeah, <laughs> I like the lost like, civilization. I feel like once you, yeah, once you, obs- I feel like once you obsess about Halo as much as we do, you start to see it everywhere. Every time the clock turns to three four three, my eyes are on the clock. And I can't help it. <laughs> Borderlands three recently. I, I've just I, as I I've been playing it with uh, the lead art director for Halo Wars two, Jeremy Cook. He's now at Blizzard, um, and he and I while we were playing it, we were just we were just like these vaults look a lot like forerunnery stuff. In fact, <laughs> the aliens we're fighting look like Prometheans. Yeah. It's just everywhere, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But speaking of Halo, um, I'll kind of get into this question. This is, if any of you guys have Sacred Icon Halo followed on Twitter, you'll see that we ask all kinds of crazy questions. And our questions are just kind of your viewpoints on things. And I asked uh, about five days ago, I think now it was, I said, we all have opinions, but I think it's fair to say Halo 4's story as well as Halo 5's multiplayer has been well-received. Pluton Forever, which is Bonnie Ross from 343, has said 343 is working hard to get both right for Infinite. Remaining respectful, what do you think is going to be the studio's biggest challenge? And Late Night Gaming came in there with his comment, which reads, Pleasing everyone, 343 is trapped with a very divided community. I won't be happy if the game plays like Halo 5, and Halo 5 fans would be happy if it plays like a classic, or wouldn't be happy if it plays like a classic game, with the middle ground being something nobody will feel okay with since it's not the game they wish it was. So, do you want to elaborate any more on that, or do you just want me to kind of give you some questions about that? <laughs> uh, we can definitely dive more into it, because obviously there's a, there's a character limit on Twitter, so you can't be yeah. quite as in-depth on your comments, but... So I guess, like, let me ask you this first. If you were 343 and your goal was to please the most people and make the most money, I guess make the most money, have the most successful product, what would you make the multiplayer like? So not your opinion personally, but to make the company's game successful. Yeah, to make the company's game successful. Um, Definitely pursuing. Uh, I don't like Halo 5 uh, or Halo 4's multiplayer that much, but that's they'll probably get more success because a lot of people expect things like sprint, expect things like aim down the site. Even if I don't personally agree that it makes sense within the combat loop, it's 
a trope of the genre that people just expect regardless of context, regardless of if it helps the game. Yeah, so I, think I don't envy speed. them. Yeah, uh, people want speed. They want quick, like, twitch reaction and, and sprint and all these different abilities. And well, the, I mean, they want the game to be telling them that they're being speedy. Which yeah. is what Sprint does, even if you consider, well, now the maps are a lot longer than they used to be. So, arguably, you're traversing an environment mm -hmm. at the same speed as classic Halo. Yeah, that's something I said on one of our prior uh, episodes was, like, the thing about not having classic Halo and having Sprint be there as a... And, and to put it into context, too, Sprint in Halo 5, you can Sprint as much as you want and limited. Obviously, the shields don't recharge if you Sprint, but... Even in Halo 4, despite Halo 4's multiplayer not being the, the kind of direction any of us want it to go, in Halo 4's multiplayer, the sprint did stop after a while. So the maps didn't have to be quite as designed around sprint as Halo 5. Where you see the maps in Halo 5, they're gigantic because they have to accommodate for the potential that every player could be sprinting nonstop. Yeah. There, so. there needs to be restrictions are always a good thing. Like options are great when there are actual con things to consider like you know with a lot of the halo 5 enhanced mobility there are a lot of options there the problem is there's not a lot of drawbacks so if your sprint had a very limited meter like call of duty modern warfare i think is kind of funny because it has two sprints because sprint is now such a nebulous thing because you can just do it forever so they made super sprint oh, man. and if you double tap the sprint button you'll do this quick little super sprint that before returning to normal sprint speed i'm like so sprint is just now how you move because it's so who cares whatever it's just sprint but if halo treated kind of like base movement speed like get rid of sprint but incorporate something like that like a weird dash you know where just for a couple seconds you're hoofing it in a direction for just a couple of seconds and you're moving really fast and then it needs to cool down for a second there's got to be a bit of a penalty. If you want to sprint somewhere, so you know, I, you should consider. Yeah, are you saying that's something you'd be okay with in a, in a future Halo game? Yeah. Or just you're trying to make a compromise? I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of sprint, but Halo Reach's sprint, I still think I respect more than the other two implementations. Halo 4 being also a little bit okay, even if I have problems with it. Mm -hmm. Just because I think... Sprint should be used as a utility tool, like a like a tool to get somewhere or avoid a conflict, not an actual primary means of, of it's navigation. A constant, not a constant. Yeah. 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 It should be a thing that you do, kind of like ripping a turret off and carrying it around. You know, that's something that you can do in specific situations. Like sprint should be a thing you consider like, OK, I'm going to sprint, but then I'm not going to have any stamina. For the next couple of seconds. Yeah. Is this sprint worth it? And then you're like, okay, I think it's worth it. And you press the button and drain <laughs> your stamina bar. Yeah, so then if you wasted it and then someone's trying to engage you, you now you can't use it because you're still waiting for the yeah. cooldown. I think that's a very good point. I mean, in, in Halo Reach, it was an armor ability, which, you know, there's much we can say about armor abilities, but it did come off as a utility in Halo Reach. Yeah. And then Halo 4, I mean, correct me if you disagree, but Halo 4 was very much just kind of a carbon copy of what Call of Duty was doing with sprint at the time. Halo 4 Sprint, wasn't it just like about yeah, two, the same? 2012, so that was still when Call of Duty had limited sprints, so Halo yeah. 4 treated it. But even to Halo 4's credit, they didn't do unlimited sprint. 
Yeah. So there was still a little bit of that, like, like, okay, I got to drain my stamina bar because I got to get to that entrance really fast. Yeah. Like, once I do that, I'm going to have no sprint for a little while. Exactly. So, you know, the thing that just kind of came to my mind while we were talking is, as I'm sure everyone listening is pretty much aware, for Halo 5, they brought in professional Halo uh, multiplayer players to help them design the multiplayer of the game. So do you think, and maybe you know already know more than I do, but do you think the the professionals wanted Sprint in the game, or it was one of these deals where 343 says, okay, we're going to do Sprint, you guys just tell us how the best way to do that is? I mean, what involvement do you think they had? From what I understand, um, and I, I, they were very nice, they were very diplomatic, they enjoyed their time, but from some of the people that I've talked to, they were not happy with how Halo 5 turned out. They felt like their feedback was, like, 343 has obviously said, you know, the pro team helped us influence, but those pro players feel differently. They feel like their okay. their concerns were not respected. I mean, not not respected, you know, that's a bad term because that implies that they were just ignoring them. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the pro players feel it's not appropriate to say they helped form Halo 5's multiplayer because they were not happy with a lot of choices being made. Okay. Okay, do you think that's more of an example of everybody wants different things or more of a 343's made all the decisions, now we're going to use your feedback, but we've mostly made the decisions ourselves? I, I do think that there is a little bit of, like, so a feedback team, like, or not a feedback team, like, when you're giving feedback during game development, um... There was an interesting GDC talk. I'll try to find the link to it. But basically, like, you're not building the game for the developers. Like, the developers still need to build the game that they want to make. They're looking for your feedback on how your game can be more enjoyable. If that makes sense. So I assume yeah. for some of yeah. those people, it's it's like a little bit of both. Like, 343 obviously had a vision. Enhanced mobility was the big thing. And they weren't really looking for pro players to tell them how to make a really good Halo game. They were more looking for pro players to help hone in their vision of an enhanced mm. mobility, more Call of Duty, twitchy type Halo experience. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I, I think, you know, Josh and I have talked on podcasts previously before that, like, him and I are, are fans of Halo 5, as I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen. We, we really do like Halo 5's multiplayer, but we also love classic Halo multiplayer. And the one thing I can say despite us enjoying Halo 5's multiplayer, is Halo 5's multiplayer is not classic Halo multiplayer. No, any, it's, no stretch it's, of the word. It's deliberately very different from traditional yes. Halo. And that's okay, by the way. That's not like an admission of defeat. Halo 5 wears it on its shoulder that it is trying to do something very different. Exactly, exactly. So I think what they're trying to do is is evolve the multiplayer forward. And obviously you're going to have varying opinions if Halo 5 did that or not. But regardless of where you stand on it, it's not classic Halo. So if people are are clamoring for classic Halo, Halo 5 is just not going to satisfy. And I think that's completely fair. I, I completely see why people would want classic Halo to come back. Um, and then like you said, if they take this middle ground, is that really going to please us all? And that kind of ties me into the Mythic Arena stuff. So w- what do you think about the middle ground? What do you think about Mythic Arena so far? Mythic Arena is really interesting because, okay, so there's you've probably heard of the Golden Triangle for Halo's combat loop. Right. Yep. The idea is the most important things that make Halo combat Halo is grenades, melee and your gun. Those are the three most important elements of the combat loop. 
And Halo 5, what makes it a very different experience is there is, it's now a square. There's your melee, your grenades, your gun, and these enhanced mobility options. Mm -hmm. So a lot changes in subtle ways in how you engage in that game. So Mythic is a really interesting way to see if they can bring back a golden triangle to Halo 5's combat loop. And it's interesting seeing the way that they've reinterpreted certain enhanced mobility mechanics. Like, um, Thrust is clearly an enhanced mobility tool. There's a momentum to it when you use it in Halo 5. It's used for aerial navigation. In Mythic, you feel very heavy. So when you use Thrust, you're you're not going very far with it. It's Mm. a very subtle positional change. Yeah. And so it's actually smarter to use it on the ground than in the air because it's just going to disrupt your momentum when you're trying to jump in a certain direction. So on the ground, this thrust is now more of a sidestep or a course correction when you're like, I'm coming into a room, whoop, uh, never mind. There's a guy with a shotgun, I'm going the other way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Yeah, so it's it's more of a course correction as opposed to an, a mobility tool, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I it sounds like you're saying that you think uh, this is probably more of a, a mode to more of a mode for Halo Five than anything that's going to be representative of what they're probably doing for Infinite. Would you say yeah. that? Yeah, uh, Halo 5's live service team, they're very independent from the core multiplayer team. So I I don't think, as much as I like to wish that game development was this way, developers don't play this really complicated four-slash-eight-dimensional chess game where they're testing out features and everything. Mm. Usually what happens when game development goes on is... The game releases, the main team then moves on to the next title, and a B team is left behind to sustain the game. So this B team intimately understands what Halo 5 is after launch. They have the data of how players are playing. Like, the core team, they're in their bubble making the next game, where this other team, they are starting to realize the way players are engaging the game. So Mythic was very much built off of this little team's feedback and experience uh, measuring Halo 5's population over the years. So I doubt that Mythic is a sign of things to come. I think it's just this is how this live service team interpreted how players respond to Halo 5. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. I mean, for the record, I I didn't think Mythic was going to be, um, you know, the direction that Infinite took, but I did kind of wonder a bit and slightly kind of hope that they would take some feedback from Mythic to incorporate Infinite. Oh, sorry, not to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. I do think it is wise to consider that that is a... You can look at Mythic, maybe not necessarily the exact choices made in terms of gameplay. That's a little bit too specific, but in the broader context... Inside the studio, that must be a heavy sense that they're measuring players' feedback and players want something a little bit more classic. Not necessarily gameplay-wise. You know, we could obviously still see Sprint and Clamber and all that stuff Mm -hmm. in Infinite. But we may see a focus more on the sandboxy elements of Halo. Like, less of a focus on enhanced mobility and Spartan abilities and more... Sorry, excuse me. (laughs) More of an emphasis on 
just exploring the map and finding gadgets and toys and things to use to get the advantage during gameplay. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Uh, so that yes, seems to get... be on their mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and do we know, like, in your experience, what do you think, as far as Infinite's like just about a, just under a year away, and when Halo Five was just under a year away, we had the Halo Five beta. We got the beta really early for Halo Five, and I'm under the impression that was because they wanted for that specific game because of the downfalls of Halo Four, they wanted to have more time than normal to make the proper adjustments to make the community right. happy. Um, with Infinite, obviously, there's no signs of anything like that happening soon. And I think they're much more um, going into Infinite. Seems like they have a good idea what they want to do with multiplayer, even though we don't know what it is for sure yet. Um, and your your guess seems to be it's probably Halo Five esque. I I wouldn't say Halo Five esque. Okay. Um, I I am expecting the core traits of Halo 5's gameplay. Like, I'm expecting sprint. I'm expecting aiming down the sights and all that stuff. I'm expecting them to be treated differently, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am expecting it to not be... Like, obviously, it's going to have the traits of an enhanced mobility shooter, but the way the game is going to frame your abilities, I don't think they want the square combat loop back i think they want to get closer to that triangle so we're probably not going to see spartan abilities used within combat okay yeah so they're they're wanting to find ways to move it forward while maintaining that very core (laughs) triangle that you were talking about yeah and that's not necessarily to say they remove certain things like they'll change the timing of things the way the player engages with the environment the animations, the speed, like, it'll be, I mean, kind of like Mythic, where they took the thruster pack, which was an enhanced mobility tool, and they reinterpreted it uh, within Mythic, you know, and now it's very much not an enhanced mobility tool in that playlist. I'm expecting something like that. They're going to take some of these Spartan abilities, and they're going to change them up in a way that it won't play like Halo 5, even if it has those traits. Okay. Yeah, but you you probably personally won't be too thrilled about that, correct? Am I right in saying that? Um, I'm I'm kind of like I've admitted defeat. <laughs> okay, I understand. I've I, been there. <laughs> I, I I'm very happy that Halo is on PC uh, because it is a very different experience playing these old games with a keyboard and mouse at high field of views with new players that have different gameplay sensibilities. So I've obviously got my more classic Halo experience. Uh, I'm really excited for Combat Evolved and Halo 3 to come to PC. I hope, I hope, I'm crossing my fingers that they fix Halo 3's broken netcode. Because PC players will not be okay with how awful Halo 3's netcode is, but... Have you, have you, I'm I'm assuming you've talked about that before. Can you clarify for me what that is again? Oh, um, Halo 3's netcode, people are not crazy. Uh, You can lead your shots and all that stuff. Like, Halo 3's netcode is broken on a code level. Bungie did not do a very good job. It was that way on the 360, and it the MCC displays it in glorious 60 frames per second. Um, There are problems under the hood in the way that the Halo 3 engine interprets what is more important during times of server stress. Uh, From what I understand, it prioritizes, like, it will prioritize a rolling grenade on the map and making sure that that is perfectly synced. 
more than people's bullets traveling through the air and other That's players odd. positioning. Yeah, like it's weird some of the choices they made with the Halo 3 netcode. That's why it's very inconsistent. So Halo 3 is a very hard game to talk about. I love it. But I cannot comment on balancing or anything because I'm like, I don't know, man. It depends on the match. If there's yeah. a bunch of boxes flying everywhere, your battle rifle will suddenly start <laughs> feeling a lot weaker than it should. Because <laughs> the netcode thinks those boxes are more important than your own bullets. <laughs> yeah, man. That, and that kind of that kind of reminds me of you made that video not too long ago uh, about the Halo, Halo 1 being the PC version on the... Uh, MCC, which is something oh, I, we, something that the community talked about back when Halo 1 Anniversary was on the 360, because it was also the PC version there. Yeah. And how different things, and if you want to see a, a full uh, video on the things that are different, check out Late Night Gaming's video on that. It's really good. Uh, it puts those things in perspective for you. Um, but there's things like the skybox being way off in a certain level, the jackal shields not being energetic or looking the way they're supposed to uh the the what do you call it the beams on the covenant ships the between the forks don't look right lots of little visual cues and things that are off because they chose to use gearbox's port instead and you know i i remember you you saying how you wanted to you know the original halo to not be lost in time because we're gonna everyone's gonna be taking the mcc forward and it made me and i've talked about this with josh before and it made me think you know, between issues like that in Halo 1 and issues like the netcode you just mentioned in Halo 3, and then looking at the overarching product of MCC and how much they've ha- how much toil they've had to go through to get it to be a functioning product now, do we really think we're ever going to see them fix those little things that we notice that most people probably don't? Probably not, um, but I do think it is understandable to a certain extent. Um in fact, actually, the fact that 343 is so pro- weirdly proactive with modding uh, makes me really happy because there does need to be a certain um, level of prioritization when you're a developer. Like, something that's really interesting that one of Halo 5's developers told me is, of course I'm not happy with the game I released. No developer is ever happy with any game they release because they know what is on the cutting room floor. You got the released product. They know what could have been. So no developer will ever be happy with the game they released because they had bigger ambitions and had to scale it down. So... Taking that into account, 343's MCC live team, they're much smaller than the main team that's working on the mainline Halo games. So the small team needs to prioritize what's more important. Preserving Combat Evolve, restoring all this broken code, broken graphical effects, or making sure that it works when you launch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, which one is big... more important? Yeah, it's kind of a tough call, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and so the fact that modding, they're they're taking steps to make modding so successful, I'm hopeful that the way that Combat Evolved can be preserved going forward is that modders will be able to restore the original okay. vision of the game while 343 is just busy making sure that these games work on PC. Because Lord knows Bungie's engine has all sorts of problems. Yeah. If Halo was developed for something like id Tech or Unreal, we probably wouldn't have all these weird legacy problems. But Bungie's engine that they've used throughout the years, that specifically is a 
weird engine. Yeah, I can remember watching one of the the documentaries with Bungie where one of the members of the team was saying that this one little thing I now have to correct has to process for eight hours. So at 4 a.m. in the morning, I will be able to get up and continue working on this. Yeah, how um, crazy that engine was. You remember the recent kind of, or I say recent, it happened this year, like the kind of reports on Anthem and some of the struggles that that game had because of the DICE Frostbite engine. The reason that Frostbite was so hard to develop for, for other developers, is because it was an internal engine that DICE made for themselves for the Battlefield series. So they knew as a studio how the game should... Like, I think of like a room, a bedroom. You know where everything is in your bedroom. Get one of your friends to come over and tell them, find me a pen. They're going to spend hours looking, you know, in your own bedroom. DICE knew their engine. Other studios didn't, and it was very similar with Bungie. They knew their internal Halo engine. When the keys were handed off to 343, it was it was a messy room. And they were like, the oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what do we do? This thing's a mess. What do we? <laughs> well, and, and of course, that's what that's what the team has said when they, they first announced the Slipspace engine. They're like, we've been telling yeah. our developers for a while it's, now it's a, to get them an engine that is much easier to work with. Yeah, Slipspace is not a brand new game engine. Uh, it's very much still that Halo engine that Bungie made. Only 343 has spent years breaking down almost every bit of it they can and actually documenting what the code does so that their developers mm. are not kind of like left on an island with no guide. It, it's a mapping of the Halo engine because before they were kind of going off blind like... Halo 5, I know certain things in the campaign were not possible because certain lines of code were a bit broken from the Bungie days and they hadn't actually thought, oh my god, this thing, we can't do this anymore. This line of code, we don't understand it. So yeah, that Slipspace, naming it Slipspace is very much like kind of like titling the chapter of their guide Mm -hmm. like we get it. We know what this engine is. We charted through it and we figured all of it out. Okay. I mean, hey, that's if it's not a new engine, it sounds like it's still going to be a comparable enough um, uh, engine going forward, knowing knowing their tools properly now. Yeah, the yeah the um, it would, and I understand probably why they did it. Uh, sometimes outsourcing engines like Unreal, if they just used Unreal to make the next Halo game, they that would have to cost money. Um, but also you'd lose a bit of that subtle Halo field exactly. where the game calculates the game's visuals, calculates player positioning. You you wouldn't know exactly what was off, but you'd feel it. You'd just kind of, know, yeah. It's kind of why uh, projects like um, Installation Zero One, I think it is, the mm-hmm. fan game. I believe like, so. It looks like Halo. It even plays like Halo. But you know under the hood it's not the Halo engine. Something's off. Yeah. Something feels different. It's because it's not on that Halo engine. Yeah. Well, talking about engines, I, I want kind of want to skip ahead to a, an interesting question, I think. Um, so I'll ask you, if Halo 5 Guardians had came out in 2015 and blown everyone away with its compelling story, campaign, and multiplayer, it just was just an outstanding title that everyone was happy with how much different do you think halo would look going forward we're like in 2019 right now what would halo look like 
had Halo 5 been a resounding success? Um, I think it, when talking about hypotheticals, we can be like, Halo would be just fine. We probably would have gotten a sequel to Halo 5 like a year ago. Yeah. You know, I, I do think Halo 5's critical reception, not necessarily it's like player base reception, mm-hmm. which contrary to what some people think, I, I'm not a fan of Halo 5's multiplayer personally. It's retaining a player population. There's yes. a reason it is still to this day on the Xbox top 50 most played games yeah, list. for sure. Yeah, but the critical reception to its story and stuff, there's a... I do think that that left 343 in a bit of a weird situation where they had to reevaluate views on the franchise, what mm-hmm. players value. Because I, I certainly know as a developer, if I went into Halo... Or maybe not Halo, because I love Halo. If I was assigned to maybe Mass Mass Effect or The Elder Scrolls, a franchise that I'm not as intimately familiar with, I'd probably make similar choices. You know? I yeah. And you'd see similar... I don't think 343 was expecting people to complain, of all things, about the art style? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Halo fans... If, if we've learned anything you know, with our time with Halo, Halo fans can complain about anything. I mean, and it, well, it, it, fans can complain about anything. Fans of a product, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not exclusive to Halo. I mean, don't let's not even start the Last Jedi conversation because it's been Jesus had a million Christ. times. <laughs> but um, I just I just kind of wonder if Halo Five had been received much better if we would have got as much effort put into MCC going forward. If we wouldn't have got a sequel sooner, like you said, um, you know, I if, do think if the storyline wouldn't have been, have been greatly altered. Yeah. If Halo 5 was a success, um, yeah, the the failure, the critical failure, not necessarily financial or engagement failure, the critical failure of Halo 5, I think, is what made 343 have that kind of, like, years of silence. And, you know, certain people Mm -hmm. leaving, certain people being hired, like, a restructuring of, like, things need to change clearly. We're not clicking with our audience. We need to take the next couple years to restructure ourselves. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think hey, you're completely right. It's working. Yeah, I mean, because and that's the thing is, like, I, I talked to Josh about before is when Halo Five. When I finished Halo 5's campaign, because I'm mostly a story guy. If anybody's listened to the podcast, I I love multiplayer, but the story's really where it's at for me. And I was somebody who went into Halo Four and came out of Halo Four really enjoying Halo Four story. I know a lot of people didn't care. I was for hyped. It. I was hyped to see where Halo would go next. Yeah, exactly. And then. So after Halo 4 came out, I had a lot of friends who didn't weren't a fan of Halo 4, but I still was a fan of Halo 4's story. I really liked it, and I was excited for where 5 would go, and I kind of figured, okay, after all the all the fan feedback, and including Blue Team and all this stuff, Halo 5 is going to have to be better than 4, the story. And then I played Halo 5 story, and it was just so disappointing to me that um, I just kind of took a little break from it. And I, I remember telling my friends, I was like, you know what? I don't. I don't want them to announce a Halo for a while because I won't be excited. I need time to breathe. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, last summer I got into a bad car accident. Uh, my car was tragically taken from me, um, by someone who was not respecting the right of way. Uh, oh man! And my car was totaled, and it was horrible for me. I could not drive for a little while, and that's similar to Halo Five. <laughs> 
not to compare it to a not to compare it to a car accident, but I I needed a bit of a break from Halo. I hear the, you, man. The summer of 2016, I took a bit of a Halo hiatus. Yep. I played other games. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I was, I mean, it was. It's sad to say because it's just a game, but it was like a borderline small depression for me because it was just like I love this series so much and the and the game was just the story was just disappointing on multiple levels. Yeah. And and if anything right now, at least what this conversation with you is doing for me is it's showing it's showing our listeners that uh, Sacred Icon Halo doesn't have exclusively positive thoughts because no, it, the truth the truth is, I mean, there's the truth is, guys, like, there's plenty of things to complain about, and there's plenty of things we don't like. It's just, I feel like that's covered pretty well there's by everyone else. There's also plenty of things that are nice to talk about. Exactly. So it's and nice to see one channel that exclusively <laughs> focuses on that. It's like, oh, oh well. that's right, I'm a Halo fan. I don't hate <laughs> the franchise that I like. Oh, man, I appreciate that so much. I really do. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, we just want to, we just want to talk about the things that are positive, and, and we know that the things that, that are negative are going to get covered. Yeah. Um, but... Oh, what was I saying? So Halo Five came out. Oh yeah. So I was like, I told, I told my my friends, I was like, you know, I, I need a break from Halo. I just, you know, if they announce a Halo, because if you remember when Halo Four came out, we got a trailer, uh, you know, just a almost trailer. immediately, a couple months eight, later. At E3. I think it was, yeah, it was like eight months, eight months after the launch of Halo Four, and it was like, man, that's kind of soon. But by the time Infinite or not Infinite, uh, Halo Five Guardians got done, I was like, I need a break from this. If they announce a new Halo game in a year or two. I just don't think I'm going to be that that stoked, and I think they they realized that because enough times passed by that when we started to get the little tidbits of information for Infinite, you start to see the Halo community going, okay, okay, I like this, I want to I want to see more, I want to see more. And now we've got to this point where I feel like we're at a tipping point now, where you got the Series X announcement, you know, Infinite's going to be there day one. We've seen little snippets of Chief plus the pilot trailer. And people are like, I want gameplay, I want more, I want to know all of it right now. (laughs) Oh my god, we all want that. Yeah, and it's finally back to this really good, the Halo community is in this really good place right now where it's like, we're excited and there's mystery, you know? Yeah. Um, From what I understand from some of the people, because like some of us YouTubers, when we go to these events, we try to pry for information. We try Mm -hmm. to see what we can figure out. And 343, God bless them, but they are being (laughs) stubborn. (laughs) They won't talk to any of us, but... Uh, something that I did think was really funny that I got a comment from somebody was like, oh, don't worry. We like the teasing. <laughs> mm, I can believe it. I can believe it, especially if they're confident about this product. I really yeah. – and I don't know what I'm going off of, but I just feel like there's there's this confidence around Infinite that I, I haven't felt in the prior two entries. Yeah, yeah. There's less of like um, Sparth, the art director. He, uh, thankfully, was a little bit more candid about studio culture going forward. Um in that he and I had a really interesting talk in uh, the lobby of 343 a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago. I forgot. Time is weird and nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he had this interesting conversation where he described, like, studio culture shifting. Basically, Halo was a big franchise to be taken over uh, from Bungie. And there was kind of like an internal pressure to prove themselves and... There is a wrong interpretation that or wrong in retrospect with him. You know, he said it was understandable, but maybe it wasn't the wisest thing, which was we need to differentiate ourselves from Bungie. We need to prove that independently we are as creative as Bungie as a studio. And 
after Halo 5, there was kind of a lot of reflection, a lot of soul searching. And the studio culture is shifting towards an understanding that, well, Bungie was a developer. There was also Matt Forbeck, who wrote Halo books, and then this author, and then this author, and then we had uh, Halo Wars, which was done by somebody other than Bungie. And you start to realize that there were a lot of creative minds by the Halo franchise, not just the people at Bungie. 343 does not need to make Halo different. They're one of many people Mm -hmm. who have influenced Halo. Yeah, that's that's beautifully put, and I, I I can definitely add to that by saying if you I'm gonna mention I'm gonna throw two names out real quick that everybody knows Joseph Staten and Marty O'Donnell. Think about how much influence those two specific people had on the Halo original trilogy, you know, as 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 individuals. You know what I mean? So when you talk about people say right now like oh if, if Bungie was making Halo everything would be perfect and everything would be the way I want. Bungie, but, as we know them now, are very different from very Bungie different. then. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then even, you know, Halo 2. Some of the people who worked on Halo 2 were not present for Halo 3. Uh, one of the combat designers for Halo Reach had never worked on a Halo game before. Mm. Wow. Yeah, like people come and go. Uh, Halo has always been kind of like this revolving door of different artists who have their own interpretation. and. 343 internally started to recognize after Halo 5's kind of reception that, like, we don't need to do this. Like, we can just make a Halo game. Like, it's okay. You know, people really want Halo. We don't need to reinterpret it, re-envision it, make it different, new, sexy. Like, people just want a Halo game, and that's perfectly okay. That's where I think a lot of the confidence you're seeing in them showing off their new design for the Master Chief. It looks very much like classic Chief, but you notice his body proportions have been retained from Halo 4. He looks like an actual mm-hmm. human being yeah. under that armor. Like, Yeah, it's like they've been given a ticket to do something they didn't have before. That's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah, uh, Sparth, uh, the art director, he said that he has seen some sentiment that people feel they're being limited. Uh, for him, he's interpreted it actually as very empowering mm. because before there was a fear of touching legacy. Now it's like, a, we could do it. It's Embrace Halo. It. We're Halo yeah. developers. Embrace it. And so now they're incredibly energized to be able to just like flatly say, yeah, we're working on a Halo game. Yeah, I, I mean... I got. I got to have give them some respect for you know it could have went one other direction. They could have they could have taken over the reins for Halo and made Halo Four very much the exact same thing as Halo Three. Yeah. They could they could have given us a story where you know Chief wakes up, fights some more Covenant. Yeah. Turns out turns out there's another prophet that's leading a sect of Covenant. I mean they could have just and the grave mind's back. He survived. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a grave mind. You know they could have done all that stuff over again, and it could have took a completely different direction. It could have been. You know, the sentiment that there's just nothing interesting left in Halo and then it could just yeah. die off that way. So, you know, they, they had one or two different directions they could have took that were not the best. And they took the one where they decided to change a lot of things up. And here's the one big positive thing, though, that and we've stated several times on this on the show before is that, you know, Halo 4 and Halo 5, but I'd say Halo 4 more so, has done one really amazing thing for the Halo community. And it's brought in a lot of new fans. How many yeah. fans? How many fans of people have you seen that either started with Halo Four or they treasure Halo Four as their favorite Halo game? You know, people are born every single year, and those people—they're babies. But eventually, <laughs> they'll get old enough to play Halo. <laughs> yeah, and the game industry 
lives off of new game releases. And so those babies will grow up into kids that are really excited about the new marketing campaign for a <laughs> Halo game. So there are a lot of people that they're for like, yeah, and it's not even like a thing. Like, I get so upset whenever people are like, you don't remember what it was like when combat evolved. It's like, yeah, it's not his fault. He was born in the early 2000s. What? <laughs> yeah. What? You wanted him to pick up a controller while you're still in the womb? That's not exactly. a thing he has control over, no. or she. Yeah, so it, I I really much understand that there is a legacy. Uh, Halo Infinite is going to come out almost half a decade after Reach released. Yeah. Or yeah. over half a decade, almost an entire decade after yeah. Reach. Some people's first Halo game is Reach. And then after that, some people's first Halo game will be 4. Uh, in 2025 or 2027, we're going to have people who were introduced with Halo 5. People are born every day, and they yeah. grow up. <laughs> Y'all, I mean, it's it seems simple, but I mean, I'm glad you put it that way, because it's just like, you know, people pretty soon people are going to refer to the classics as reaching Halo, Halo 4. <laughs> yeah, some you know, people are going to call it classic Halo, Halo 5. Yeah, I, re- like, I remember classic Halo 4 with the Time didactic, happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Time happens. Things get older. They age. It's kind of like I've, I've been telling my friends for years, my, my favorite movie trilogy is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I just uh-huh. adore it. And one of these days they're going to remake that. You know they're going to remake it. Oh, of course and, they are. And to me, I already know, and it's it's biased, so I'll get out, but it doesn't matter how good they do. It's just gonna it's just not going to be the original trilogy for me. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just can't replace it, and that's that's just a fact of you know it's it's classic to me. It's one the time I was yep. born in, so yeah. But uh, it's interesting. Halo Five spiritual or Halo Five, uh, who Halo Infinite spiritual reboot comments. Um, I've seen some people fear that term. Some people more excited about that term. My interpretation of that term, which I'm actually very positive about, not positive in that it's like yes, classic Halo bird. That's yeah. not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking more about the broader sense where I'm like, yeah, an entire new generation of gamers will be getting into gaming in 2020. Yeah, that and some of the visuals that we've seen, which evoke classic Halo and stuff, it's like that's deceptively smart to kind of repackage what enthralled us about the Halo franchise and introduce it to new kids who are going to be buying the new Xbox or whatever. Well, it's kind of, I mean, and I don't want to bring in, bring this into a lengthy discussion, but it's kind of like what the, pretty much what the Force Awakens did. Would you agree with that? It's very similar. Like, despite, you know, obviously, like, we can get into the specifics of Disney Star Wars and we can talk about certain issues or praises or whatever. Like, Force Awakens was a tactical choice to repackage A New Hope exactly. for a it was not made for us who grew yeah. up with A New Hope. It was made for the kids. It the was generation them. going forward. Yeah. Yeah, they are the next generation of Star Wars fans. The Force Awakens was made for them, not us. And similar, I I would say it's not the exact same because Halo Infinite also has a lot to prove for legacy fans. True. Uh, There's differences, yeah. Thankfully, video games are a interactive art form as opposed to just like an observatory. Mm -hmm. Is that the correct grammar? I mean, it works for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You engage with a video game. So video games have a bit more to prove than a film does. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so 343 has a lot on their plate. Godspeed to them. Uh, I hope that they're able to pull it off. I'm excited, though, to see how they reinterpret Halo. For it's going to be interesting. Any way, any way you slice it. And can you imagine, dude, this, this, next, this next year of Halo is going to be crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just continual new information from Infinite, E3, Xbox Series X coming out. I mean, Master I feel Chief like collection on PC, Halo on PC. Yeah, I've seen the comments on the PC gaming subreddit as well as the Halo subreddit of people like I'm new to Halo because it just released on PC. What is a Noble Six? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's exciting. New players. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's so cool, though, to be able to have that, you know? Yeah. Do you do you, I mean, that's another thing I would have I could kind of toss into that previous question. Do you think we'd be getting this all on PC if if Halo 5 had had soared? when it came out do you think we'd be getting mcc on pc um i mean it's hard i feel like no i'm just gonna say it. i feel like we wouldn't well it's the reason that i say i don't know is because uh video game releases on different systems are independent of 343's goals where micro xbox i said microsoft instinctively it's not really microsoft yeah. anymore xbox has become its own division mm-hmm. yeah uh Internal opinions about the brand of Xbox have ch- ch- changed. Um, you know, things are a lot different now. And that's definitely uh, for 343. I I don't envy them because Halo Infinite, I think, will be very hard to develop for yeah. uh, because of that. Xbox, Phil Spencer, they ha- they're reinterpreting Xbox more as a brand like Steam. Where I've seen a lot of people worried about console wars. They're like, the Xbox won't sell as much if they keep releasing games. It's it's not about the physical box sitting on your couch right now or whatever. Couch, that's not where I put my Xbox. Don't worry. <laughs> that just came out before I thought. Um, <laughs> Might have some heat problems with those vents. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's it's the brand right now. If people are downloading the Xbox app onto their computer, if they're playing Xbox games from their Switch, connecting to Xbox Live, like, Microsoft is kind of, like, realizing you need to go a little bit forward with that. You can't just lock people to a console and chain them there with exclusives. You're going to be way more successful if you put Xbox on everything. They're building an ecosystem. Including the competition. Yeah. Like, I, I'm in the camp of bring Master Chief Collection to PS4. Do it. You do saw, it. You saw the question, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, do we, it. We had, we had. I would say, the, the, the cool thing is, you know, I would say that most of the people who answered that question would say, yeah, I want more people to experience Halo. Like, let's bring it. Yeah. You're not a Halo fan if you don't want people to play Halo. Right. I, and I, I get, like, feeling... It would be weird at first to see that on PlayStation, but you know, ultimately the the end goal is I'd totally. I fucking worth it. love to see like press square to reload assault yeah, rifle. Right. I'd love that. <laughs> there would be some pe- people that are just crying, just terrible tears though. Over yeah, it, you know, but more people playing Halo, man. I'm happy. Let's be do awesome. it. It'd be crazy having cross platform between PS4, PC, and yeah, and Xbox. That's just that's insane. I, I'm all for it too. Um. But yeah, to kind of take it back uh, to something we, t- we started out talking about with, I never asked you if 343 came to you and said, you know, Late Night Gaming, we want we want to make multiplayer for you. We want it to be for oh you. God. You're the person we're marketing this towards. What what would you want Halo Infinite's multiplayer to be? And I'm not, like I'm saying, I want you to be selfish. What do you want? Okay, I'll be selfish for a second. Um, I'd want 
a lot of guns cut. So many guns. Mostly Promethean? Um, uh, Promethean, I want the carbine gone. I want the beam rifle gone. Like, I'd want a lot of weapons cut because I'm like, why do we need a Covenant sniper rifle when we have a sniper rifle sniper rifle? Why do we need the carbine when we have a battle rifle? I'd want a lot of guns cut. Okay. I'd focus more on a combat evolved style of sandbox where it's like, if your gun exists, it needs to fill a specific role that is not filled by anything. So like the DMR versus battle rifle, I'm like, it has to be one or the other, not both. Okay. That's a, that's a very interesting uh, perspective there because you're, you're going all the way back to like Halo 2 on, on this issue. Yeah, yeah, Halo 2 I don't like. I think it's it's sandbox is messy because there's a lot of redundant weapons. Mm-hmm. I think that beam rifle doesn't need to exist. The carbine was only there because the Arbiter needed precision weapons yeah, for his campaign. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm like, get rid of the fucking carbine. Like, all the Covenant weapons need to be plasma weapons. I mean, they could have just sprinkled, like, dead Marines all over the the Arbiter's ah. level so that you could have a human, that- human battle rifle. <laughs> That, that would have been very clunky. I know why they did it. They were trapped within the confines of the story. But yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Even Halo 3, I think there's certain issues. Like, dual wielding, I think, is really cool as an idea. I don't think Bungie ever did it correctly. I think, I think 343 realized that. I think they, they saw that it didn't really ever Bungie get realized it. Because well, they dropped it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're correct. They, they did do it for... Two whole games, though, but yeah, I think they realized this is stupid. Yeah, you just can't. I don't. Can I just? You just can't balance things as easily that way. Dual wielding is a lot of fun when you're playing in the easy mode campaign, but when things get tough, whether it be online or in harder difficulties for the campaign, you realize how restrictive dual wielding is because you need to make those weapons promising for dual wielding. The issue is they're kind of terrible on their own. Yeah, exactly. Like the Needler from Halo 2. If you're not dual wielding it, then why are you using it? Yeah. Yeah, the Needler from Halo 2 is a big, like, oof. (laughs) So I think it's fair to say we probably both think dual welded's not coming to Infinite, right? I don't. I don't think there's any value to it unless they can reinterpret. Like, I do think dual wielding is a mechanic. If it will return, it has to be rethought. Yeah. I don't want to see it until they redesign it to be viable within the combat loop. Because as it stands in Halo 2 and 3, you're way better off with just one weapon in your hand. Yeah, now this is an idea that just came off the top of my head. I'm not saying it's probably a horrible idea, but what if they did something like a power weapon on the map is a dual welded weapon? Like you can only pick up two of it. That that was an idea. I think of like... uh, so Modern Warfare 2 introduced Akimbo as an attachment for guns. So if you, you know how like, Mo- you played Modern Warfare 2, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yep. You can put Akimbo on the attachment and there we go. The gun is two guns. That's yeah. the attachment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, d- that would be one way of rethinking it for Halo. Holy moly. I'm already thinking of like, that would be interesting because you'd have left trigger and right trigger. And you'd be like, what combination of abilities could you combine? Because, like, regardless of the gun models, think about, like, utility. What could you do? The left gun will trigger something that the right gun fires. Or the left gun will 
activate something latent within what the right gun is firing. Like, just all these interesting ideas you could bounce off of. The interesting thing about that is if they took that direction, it would be it would be doing something different with dual welding, but it sounds like that would be easier to balance. Dude, uh, melee weapons, your left energy sword could be for blocking with your right energy sword being for swinging. Like, you'd have dueling servers. Mm. Yeah, you'd I mean, get all these... Yeah, inter- the first yeah, time see, I saw... That's, <laughs> that's an idea that we're hitting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw the Arbiter uh, from Halo Wars with those dual-welded energy swords, I thought, man, that'd be cool, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure if they did, it would be cool. (laughs) Yeah, it would be cool if certain guns, if you picked them up, they were dual-wielded, and now the combat flipped. You've got two fire modes that you can engage with. Yeah, there's no option to pick up just one, and that that takes care of the balancing issue. Yeah. Yeah, the, the gun is two guns. So if that happens in Infinite, you guys heard it here first, right? Yeah. <laughs> we influenced Halo. Yes, they're, they're making the adjustments as we speak. We saved Halo. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to I kind of want to move into because I've, I've talked to you a lot about multiplayer. What do you want? What do you want personally to see for the story going forward? Oh, Lordy. And if you could start with, because this is what I find, this is what I personally think is most interesting as far as how the story is going to go. What do you think we'll be fighting? What would you like us to be fighting? That's the thing for me. I just can't quite wrap my head around it because I think we know the Prometheans have never been a big favorite in the community. We know the Covenant have been done to the point where, unless they're bringing the Banished, which is an option, where they're kind of they're kind of done. They kind of put the final nail on them in, in Halo 5. And then, of course, they could create something new. What, what do you think? What would you like? Um. So, okay, my personal opinion is I want the Banished to be antagonists. I think, like, okay, the combat loop is strong for the Covenant, the elite jackal grunt. Like, that's a strong combat loop with the hunter every now and then. Like, just make them red. They're the Banished. Like, that combat loop doesn't need to go away. Um, I'd be happy with that. (laughs) I feel like we're still going to be fighting the Covenant, but 20% of me is reserved to maybe, maybe we're going to see the Banished. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, as for the Prometheans, I feel like, I don't know, it's the 343 has been doing a lot of weird things that I have not predicted or expected lately. So it's like the Prometheans, as far as they're concerned, I have no clue. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to we say. We might go ahead. Man. We might see them kind of. I was thinking of like telling you reinterpreting Spartan abilities to be more about assisting that triangle as opposed to being their own part of the combat loop in a square. Maybe we'll see the Prometheans take kind of a backstage and be more like sentinels, like kind of hazards to the environment. Like you'll see kind of like a a weird thing, and if you disturb it. It deploys a knight, which then throws a monkey wrench into your encounter with the covenant. I could, I could get behind that, especially I'm kind of envisioning if I'm if I'm fighting regular enemies or a covenant or something like that, and I'm on a I'm on installation 07, and let's say I'm going through this forerunner corridor and I trespass in some way. Maybe there is a slightly redesigned knight in its original blue glow that's kind of like encapsulated in the wall. And then as yeah, I like triggered something and gets ready, yeah, yeah. And then you've got that, that, be that, cool. uh, that, that three way between the covenant, the knight that's now fucking everything up, and then you've got yeah. you got to take care of yourself. 
100%, man. I mean, we, we had the Sentinels in the early Halo games. I mean, that was technically a, a wrench. I mean, I don't think we think about that much, but it was. Yeah, it's uh, I, it, part of what I didn't like about Halo 5's campaign is we didn't have the wrench. It was there for the first level. And then after that, uh, the Covenant and the Prometheans were unified. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like wrenches. Halo 4, the best level in Halo 4 is the level 4 runner. It's the third level in the campaign, and that's because the Prometheans, the Covenant, and the player are all at war with each yeah. other. Nobody has sides. You're all fighting for yourselves, and that's the best way to experience Halo. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I think it's pretty obvious the reason they probably brought them together so quickly is because they're like, hey, we want we're, we have our levels designed around, our missions designed around these two fighting together, and we just don't have time to, to make it a, a Flood-esque type thing from Halo 1. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and also you've got the kind of problem of Halo 4 had the strength of not having the Prometheans be a thing at first. And then Halo 5, unfortunately, the Prometheans are out of the bag already. You've yeah. got to have them. They're integral to the story. So Halo 5 kind of was built around a limitation. The Flood in Bungie, they had story limitations that you could work around in that like the flood wasn't a widespread outbreak it was only contained to halo ring so you could keep the flood back for a little bit yeah the prometheans are galaxy wide unfortunately yeah yeah i'm one of those people that yeah i've I've shared this opinion before on the podcast i think everyone always uses the term prometheans aren't fun to fight and i disagree with that in a sense because i think I personally am not a big fan of the Prometheans, but it's because of their character design. It's because of their soul or their lack of and their personality. And, you know, part of the thing that makes me love fighting the Covenant is they all have so much personality and so much soul. And so I don't think it's the combat. I don't think it's the actual functional combat and gameplay of fighting Prometheans that's bad. I think that's actually well done. I think it's that we don't enjoy fighting something that's soulless like that. Yeah. And also the, the, the design, and I, I don't want to, I mean, I just definitely improved in, in 5, but I just don't feel like the the design of the, especially the knight, but several of the Prometheans, it's just not that inspiring. It's just not a, it, it's not like an elite or something that you, just, you look at an elite and you're just like, man, that is badass. You look at a knight or a, or a watcher and you're just kind of like, eh, I, you know. They're very, they're very uh, confused. And I mean, to be fair, 343 has been candid during the development of Halo 4 that the Prometheans were always coming in hot. They were never happy with the design. It was always like, a, oh my god, we need to get this out now. We've been prototyping for too long. Yeah. Um, and the Prometheans, interestingly, I like them better in 4 than I do 5. I do too. I'm not, I've, I've said that before on record. Yeah, 5, Halo 5, they, so Halo's combat loop I also judge by 30 seconds of fun, which is a com a comment that has kind of been taken out of context a little bit, but it's always the idea is like, in order to take down an enemy, it should be in within 30 seconds. You take down the enemy, and the enemy is fun enough that you don't notice you're fighting that same enemy over and over and over yeah. again, because it's 30 seconds of fun. Uh, Halo 5 took the Destiny approach, and I don't think it's Halo 5's fault. I think it's the co-op's fault, the idea that there are four Spartans at any given time. 
But Halo 5, unfortunately, floods a map with dozens of enemies. So it becomes more of a shooting gallery than a 30 seconds of fun uh, bullet puzzle. That's the best way to describe Halo's combat. It's a bullet puzzle. And you're juggling weapons to solve the puzzle in the quickest and most efficient way possible. Using a plasma weapon, drop a shield, kill the elite, the grunts scatter. This is your time to take on the jackals, kill the jackals. Now finish off the grunts. You've solved the 30-second bullet puzzle. Yeah. You know, I I like how you put that because, and you've done this several times, actually. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, 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 I still like the said thing. I, I guess it doesn't matter, but it's like you mentioned the hunters in that recent recent post I made about yeah. the the Halo Five hunters. I said that I really thought the hunters in Halo Five were a return to form, and late night gaming disagreed with me just simply because they're. I, I'm not sure how you put your words exactly without looking at it, but basically you just have to pile on them explosives and 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 rocket launcher bullets and whatnot because the 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 way they're designed is they have a big pool of health and you can't really dance around them like you used to. So you kind of explained to me in a very good way why you don't like that, and I actually agree with those criticisms. I think for me it just it was uh, it was a success mainly because they they seemed to pose a challenge for once. Whereas in Halo Two, I'm used to just boom one bullet, you're you're dead. You know. Yeah. By the way, um, I do think something that a lot of people don't consider is you can be absolutely influenced by the mere presentation of something. That is okay to admit. I like the way it feels when in motion. Yeah. Like, our lizard brains, our human lizard brains are very easy to manipulate. We like simple things. We like when keys are dangled in front of each other. So, it is valid if you just say, I like that it looks pretty. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I think, yeah, I think with, like, with um, Hunters in specific, I just like that they're... You know, they take a while to take down. It feels the like the presentation an in Halo Five is strong. That spawn animation of the hunters building yeah. up into each other—something, something that we've heard about and really not seen, unless you refer to the Nightfall uh, mini mini web series show—that mm-hmm. kind of had that as well. But I, I kind of brought that up because you were talking about the in, encounters in in Halo Five, and that's something else that you're right about. But I also still like it's like in Halo Five, I enjoy those big open encounters with all those enemies because it's a lot of fun. But like you Cinematic. said. They're not. They're not. They're not designed. The encounters are not so much as specifically designed to play out in a certain way. It's just kind of like here's this giant battlefield. Here's a ton of enemies. Here's a ton of weapons. Kind of go have a shooting gallery. So I, I completely agree with you. I, I still find yeah, it fun, but it makes sense. You're centering the screen over and over again until there's nothing to center the screen at. Yeah. There's not a lot of consideration into I've got to juggle all these different weapons because all these enemies have their own weaknesses and they're all reacting off of each other. Yeah. 100%. The the hunters, the Halo 5 hunters, a great way that I would personally reinterpret them because like I've given you my opinion on what I value as fun, you know, independent of you, obviously, because I'm not right. You're not right. We all have different views on what makes a thing fun. So the hunters, yeah, if, if we, we wanted to make if them we all bosses, just believe- I'd consider. Hmm? I'm sorry, it, it kind of lagged. Go ahead, continue. It did kind of <laughs> lag. Um, so the hunters, what I would do is, okay, if we're going to make them a boss, here's how we should do it. When they hit a certain health thresh threshold, they should start to deteriorate. 
and that's when you've kind of got little like goo boys like the some of the worms that you're knocking mm. off of them yeah. should form into like little piles of just like evil that start to launch themselves at you and the hunter will then readjust its combat style it'll maybe start off with it more like combat evolved where it'll just like and it'll just run at you and try to slam you with its shield then when you knock off enough worms it'll become more defensive and all the worms on the ground will form into a tiny thing that kind of runs at you and the hunter will try to be defensive while defending that little pile of worms so it'll be less of like with a shield attacking you from a range so you're like what can i do i don't have any solution to this it's more focused on the pile of worms and protecting it so you can use that to like lure the pile of worms close to you so that the hunter is just focused on that pile of worms and you can get behind it and do, do, do you know have it in stages of whittling that thing down to just a dead pile of worms on the ground if it's funny sense. because despite that's yeah, despite that sounding like a really good idea, I can already see the the complaints from people. They never did this in the first five Halos. What, what's different about these hunters? <laughs> I'm like the first five Halos have their own problems. I think there's a lot of things that need to be readdressed about Halos. We go on like enhanced mobility is one thing. I'm more interested to see how we're going to change vehicle gameplay because I do think vehicle gameplay has its own problems. Like uh, in 5 specifically, or just Halo in general? All of them. I, I think uh, within the combat loop, if we're going to evolve Halo, we need to start addressing other areas as gameplay uh, improves. So like vehicles, it's like, all right, uh, are we just going to shoot at a warthog as it's driving around a map killing everybody? Why can't I blow out its tires? Oh, that would be cool. I'm surprised you know, it hasn't been done already, actually. Yeah, let's see some procedural vehicle destruction and stuff. I want to actually see within gameplay the turret blow off a warthog, and now it can't be used for anything other than transport. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely be down for that. It sounds like this is the kind of thing that, because um, you know in Halo 1 you didn't have any warthog destruction at all, and then in Halo 2 they upped it by actually making it destructible, and that's kind of where it ended. When I when I think of evolution for Halo, I'm rarely thinking about the player's gameplay. Like, can I slide? Can I go prone? I'm thinking more about the external elements of the gameplay. What can the enemy do? What can the weapons do? What can, you know, the vehicles do? I'm thinking more about the sandbox, because I think that's way more interesting than what you as an individual can do. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's very important, and I, I think for Halo Infinite we're gonna see a lot of that I think coming so forward. Well. Um, Hopefully, you know, yeah, with this what they're going for. Yeah, cross cross your fingers. Yeah, cross um, your fingers. What what did you you know? And this is you know to go into this topic, another thing. It's a whole other thing, but you know what? As far as Halo Infinite story goes, we talked about what you're gonna be fighting and whatnot, but. What are they going to attack? What are they going to do about the whole Cortana situation? What What do you want? To, I, I want you to give me the solution because I'm not actually sure what it is. <laughs> I okay. I don't want it to be the logic plague. I don't want it to be a clone of Cortana or an evil Cortana. I want it to be honest to God. Cortana made a bad call. I want it to be that character in her ego, in her self-absorbent. I want her to have made a mistake 
and that that's the story. Like this evil, this character who's not evil, she in a moment of like, oh my God, I have all this power. I can solve so many problems. She made a mistake and now similar to, so I'm thinking of kind of like truth. There's a concept art of truth from Halo 3 where he's in his chambers by himself and he's taken off his crown and he's like rubbing his forehead because it's like, I'm in this too deep. I know yeah. this is a lie. I'm f- I'm fucked. I'm yeah. stuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want it to be like that. Cortana made a mistake and she's now in it way too deep. And I, I, I want there to be a consequence. She, I don't want an excuse. I want this real character to have made a critical mistake that has now trapped her within being the villain of our story. Man, you know, I w- yeah, I'm, I'm the type of person who, whenever they do one of those things where you get to your, you get to a sequel or a story, and they go, "Oh, that thing you guys didn't like? Well, it actually didn't count because of this reason." Yeah. Actually, it was a clone of Birdber. Exactly. Or 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 Ray Ray's parents weren't important, but her grandparents were. They were clones of Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. So I I completely agree. I, I don't. I think that's a, a cheap way out. I think it a lot of times it makes more sense to accept what you've done and, and push forward, and maybe there could be a really cool story that would come out of that if if they continued with the Cortana made a bad call. I mean, a bad call isn't killing probably millions, um, but I I will say selfishly I kind of I kind of I either here's what I would like I think the compromise I could make is because I would agree that if they just said that it you know it wasn't really Cortana or she had the logic plague that would seem kind of cheesy. I think I'd be okay with if they said, and this is kind of still what you probably wouldn't like, but if they said Cortana really died at the end of Halo 4, and that ending we got for Cortana in Halo 4 was the true ending, and what we have in 5 is, you know, uh, hopefully they can explain it better than I can, but, you know, it is a fragment of Cortana, or it is a manipulated part of her that went with the didact to the domain or whatever at the end of halo 4 and having and seeing chief come to a uh, acceptance that the cortana he knew is, is long gone because um, that way that way the cortana that we love from the original games she gets a great send-off and then the things that happened in re- five yeah you know you could do interesting emotional weird things with that like a weird soulless antagonist that's wearing the face of a friend that you're still mourning. Yeah, yeah I think it'd be a, a decent guy. It wouldn't seem as, you know, MacGuffin just cheap trying to turn it around, like yeah. just saying she had the logic plague, but then it would also give her a good ending. And then I'm sure you've heard the you've heard the audio clip that was in the... Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Cause she sounds very naive and, like, younger. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some people thinking that it's like a flashback. Um... I don't think so. I think it's... I don't think it's I don't know. Back. I don't know. I don't know what to think. It's je- definitely Jen Taylor doing a different type of Cortana voice. Yeah. Maybe it's a clone, because in Halo 4 that there's that bit of dialogue where like Cortana's saying, maybe they'll pair you with a different Cortana yeah. model. <laughs> maybe they're using that as kind of like a mirror for mendicant bias. Yeah. Well, we, we've I've talked about that. We've talked about it before in the podcast. Yeah. It's like, maybe he gets a new Cortana and it kind of, it kind of will go with the whole Halo 4, you know, they'll give you a Which new is, one type thing. 
and then has its own interesting story. She could be the she could be the offensive bias almost to the Medicaid bias. Chief would have to deal with the fact that it's like he's journeying to Cortana with this weird clone of Cortana that isn't her, and he's like he doesn't feel comfortable with this because it's got her face exactly and I, I said this on i said this on the podcast earlier i thought this i thought this is pretty clever maybe it's cheesy but i i think there could be there could be a moment in gameplay where the new cortana says something along the lines of keep your head down there's two of us in here now and chief can kind of like react negatively like what what'd you say yeah and she's like keep your head down you know i i'm in here too and just kind of show chief feeling this that's what she used to say this isn't this isn't her this isn't you and and see that emotion, you know? Yeah. I could see that working, but... Yeah, uh, interesting ideas for story. Like, a lot of people, um, at least in the lore community, are very hesitant about us retreading the past. Yeah. Um, I'm not so worried about it, because I think Halo has been in a very rough state story-wise. I think returning to Halo's Reeds is probably safe yeah. for a couple of years, and then once we figure out what Halo is, then we can... I agree. The greener. I agree. Like 2020, I definitely think is going to be like a year of Halo contemplating itself, what it is. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, man, I'm looking forward to it. That's all I can say. I want to see yeah. more. I want to see more. But I, I, like I've said before, I'm like, I want to see gameplay right now. I want to see stuff yeah. revealed right now. But I think what 343 is doing is really smart. You know, keep yeah, it to the chest. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And I mean, there is a mystery building up. We want to know. Um, it was very smart of them to not just immediately start. Because I think of when Halo 5 first released. No, before Halo 5 first released. 343 released that official statement that they had begun work on the sequel. And then a month later, Halo 5 released. And it's like, yeah, that definitely was like an a thing that developers used to do. Back in, like, the early to mid-2010s, where it was just announcing the sequel immediately. Oh, my God, everything's fine. Yeah. And I like that now there's a bit of restraint and a bit of withholding of, like, we're not going to tell you if there's a sequel coming. Yeah. I think it's (laughs) – I mean, I think we all, like, miss the the times of being surprised and being excited. Yeah. You know, when we were younger. And it's nice to get that again. You know, it's nice to have that hype. It's just kind of like the whole – the the Series X console, you know – um, getting a new console was just the most exciting hype thing in the world growing up. And uh, it's gotten to this point where it's like, I don't know, I just kind of lost some of it. You know what I mean? So I, I'm trying to make myself hyped for it. But then again, I know you're you're not particularly fond of the design. Is that correct? It's not that, no, the design I actually like. Um, contrary to what a lot of people are saying online, I actually think that design looks way better than traditional consoles. Because I'm like, it's a little, uh, it's a little cylinder. I can take it yeah. with me. Yeah, I'm like, that's way better than a box that I have to carry in backpacks and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it's a little nice compact cylinder. I like that design. It's the name that I think is very dumb. Because okay. I'm like, there are already t- X box with another X series yeah. X X yeah. model. I'm like, stop, stop with the name X. You got to call it something different. <laughs> I can see people getting confused. I'm just, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure I, I made the comment on your tweet about that. But I, what I'm hoping they're able to angle it as, as they people just call it 
the Xbox. You know, I think that's what they're going for. No, that that is deliberately what they're. It's like the iPhone. Yeah, you're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see any more next gen xboxes i think everything is going to be backwards compatible with each other like xbox series x series x is the next xbox xbox that's just the brand yeah the console halo infinite will be playable on xbox yes it'll be slightly enhanced on the series x Mm mm-hmm you know now, what I'm, I mean? Yeah, I'm guessing you're when Halo Infinite comes out, are you playing that on PC? Is that where you're going? I'll probably I'll be playing it on PC as well as the Series X because I want to be able to experience both yeah. sides. Like I've been playing the MCC Reach on both the Xbox One and PC because I want to know what it's like on both systems. Yeah, so you can formulate an opinion on those things. Yeah, yeah. So what is it now? I can't. I've I've, I've looked through your YouTube channel. I think you were relevant. I think you were around doing this at the time. Were you? already doing youtube content when halo 5 launched i was um kind of sort of not not to the extent you are now correct yeah so it's very inexperienced well i know i've looked through your channel i can definitely see from the beginning to the end and i i mean i can understand that a little bit as far as podcasting goes it's not the same but if you listen to our first episode compared to now sound quality difference um it's structure but um how is that going to be for you when infinite comes out trying to play that game and then have because you know you're going to want to capitalize on infinite content because that's what you're known for is halo content so i mean you're gonna be busy aren't you (laughs) um i don't know like i've slowed down this year on content creation uh mostly in some instances because i don't want to tread on some of my fellow youtubers where kind of like news reports i don't do those because i know other people are doing those and i don't want to flood their space yeah i want them to get the views um So, our book reviews, like, I don't want to tread on that space. I want some of my lore fans to be able to get that in there as well. So, it's like, I'm, I guess people follow me because everything I upload is highly scripted and meditated over. So, I've kind of considered it for a little while. Yeah. So, it's like my final opinion when I upload. But even then, some of my opinions change. I guess people just like my commentaries. Yeah, no, I think you have a voice that just lends itself to doing commentary. And like you said, you it seems like you're more willing to wait and put the content out meditated because we're going to be able to consume – everybody's people are going to be able to consume all the, the quick content right off the bat so that if you upload something about Infinite five days after launch, you know people have already heard a million opinions. But if yours is meditated and, and very well done, people are going to hold it in a higher regard you know, because I guess, of quality content. Yeah, I guess I- – Yes, maybe. Yeah, I guess that could be the best way to describe. But even then, that devalues some of the other people's experience, which I think first impressions are also good to consider. Um, I don't know. I guess I just after Halo 5, I learned, okay, I need to wait because originally I really liked Halo 5. I love the story, love the multiplayer, and I learned to start being restrained with some of my opinions because cracks will show. After a couple days, more cracks will show after a couple weeks. Like, it's smarter to wait. Like, first impressions are good, though. And I do think other people are more powerful with their first impressions, where their first impressions are very energetic. It's good to listen to them. I, I, I think I'd rather wait, not give first impressions. I'd rather, like, digest and sit on some of my opinions and let it actually form and gestate until I can articulate it. 
Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's very smart, and especially when you know yourself and you know your strengths. You know, that's it's easiest to judge when you should what kind of thing you should be going for. You know, maybe first impressions the day of are not the thing for late night gaming. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person who can articulate first impressions in the same way that other YouTubers can. They're way more skilled and energetic at that. Yeah, well, you're very skilled at what you do. And I can tell you that many people enjoy the content you put out. And I mean, it's obvious by the the subscribers and the followers you have, people really enjoy that content. So (laughs) I can definitely say that people appreciate what you're doing. Like Twitter is its own social media platform, kind of like YouTube. Obviously, engagement is a little bit different. Uh, The way that you interact is a little bit different. Uh, But you guys are also producing content. You guys are fostering a community by doing this. I'd like to see you guys branch off into Discord servers and even maybe start a YouTube channel of yourself. But Sacred Icon is like, it's pretty good. You guys are hitting the ground running with your content. I like it. I like seeing Sacred Icon on my Twitter feed every day. Oh, I you can't I can't tell you how much that means, man. I really appreciate the kind words. That's that's it's good. I. It reminds me a little bit. It's kind of like a um, so my parents, they have a term because they were very Orthodox Russian Christian. Mm -hmm. So they had a term called come to Jesus, which obviously I've kind of like disconnected a bit. Like I use it just even broad terms like come to Jesus right now. We got to come down to earth for a second. Whenever I see sacred icon tweets on my timeline, it's kind of like a come to Jesus moment where I'm like, (laughs) things have calmed down a little bit. The arguments have stopped. That's right. I'm a Halo fan. Sacred Icon is tweeting about something I like. (laughs) That is that is awesome, man. We love to hear that. That's so cool. I'm glad we can provide that. I I appreciate it, man. We we definitely have uh, have looked into branching out into other things like YouTube and and whatnot. And we really want to. Um, do do not only what the community would like us to see doing, but also do it in the time that makes sense. You know, we want to make sure that we're continuing to put out good podcasts and good uh, good feedback and content on Twitter before we make that step up. But I definitely really appreciate your kind words, and I really appreciate having you on the show. It's been a pleasure uh, yeah. talking to you, and I hope we can do this again in the future sometime. I mean, we're gonna I have so as well. I mean, just just one nugget of game a gameplay trailer of Infinite. I'm sure we could have a podcast that's just as long <laughs> as this one. <laughs> want to talk so. about Master Chief and the Xbox One Series X yes, trailer. Exactly. So much to talk about. Yeah. But uh, is there anything that you wanted uh, to say before uh, I let you go? Could you could you uh, give out your, your handle on your YouTube channel and stuff? Just kind of pitch yourself. Oh, people know where to find me. I'm I'm sure they do, but people man. know where to find me. Late night gaming. You'll find me. <laughs> just just You'll type, find me. Late night gaming. Type it on Twitter. Type it on YouTube. Something will come up. Yeah, something will come up. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been uh, our first episode with a guest. We really, really appreciate having uh, Late Night Gaming on here. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, I'm at Brian's Bane. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the Sacred Icon Halo uh, Twitter, um, you can go to uh, at Sacred, Sacred Icon, Icon Halo. Um, <laughs> and if you want to leave a question or comments or concerns, you can go to Sacred Icon Halo at gmail.com. Leave an email there. And um, just let us know if you guys like this kind of content. If you like having guests on, uh, go ahead, go over to uh, Late Night Gaming, check out some of his videos, give him some feedback. Um, he's got great, great content there. Everybody in this community really values him. So check it out. But uh, we will uh, see you guys on the next Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Uh, keep it sacred. Peace, guys.